Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Brush with Brit. Today, we have a very special guest who many of you guys have been asking me a lot of questions about travel hygiene. So this was perfect timing for her to be on the episode. And Astrida, you can go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are, where you're located, maybe how many years you've been working, all of that. Hi, so thank you so much for having me. So my name's Estrita Curis. I'm the CEO and founder of Core Dental Staffing. Um, and I'm also known as the traveling RDH. Um, I've been a hygienist for 12 years now. Only the last two years have I really dedicated to temping full-time and traveling throughout office to office and traveling throughout PA in Maryland and Virginia. Um, but I've been in dentistry also for, oh God, it's been 16 years now. So I've been in dentistry a long time. Um, but it's only been the last two years that I've really started traveling um, as a hygienist, as opposed to just being in private practice. Yeah, this is something that's totally new to me uh, a little bit. But tell us more about like how you came about getting into traveling hygiene. So I think there's like a bit. So there's there's two kinds of ways that you can travel. You know, you can you can go through like a travel program or you can be like a full-time temp hygienist traveling from office to office. So I think there's like kind of a little bit of a difference in the two, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. You know, I used to travel a little bit more than I, than I do now. Now that I have a, my four month old, it's a little bit more difficult with daycare to travel as far as I used to be able to go before. Um, but there's also programs out there for people that, you know, maybe you don't have kids or you don't have a spouse and you're just looking to travel in different states and stuff like that. Um, and that's an, another option as well. Me, myself, I more travel in terms of temping from office to office and traveling throughout Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. So I keep my network a little bit smaller, but I do know a lot of people that travel, you know, from state to state. They'll do an assignment for like, three months or six months and then they'll go on to the next place so they'll be there for like a year and then they'll go on to somewhere else so it really kind of just depends but, but I think both are really cool options to be honest yeah I've been looking into the um, one that you were speaking of where you have like um, where you have assignments that are like three months or four months or whatever it is and then you go to like a specific area and like you have your like room and board like paid for mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was really interesting like how do you go about like all the different licensing in different states so in terms of that even with those kinds of travel programs Unfortunately, we do not have any kind of reciprocacy throughout states. Um, and there still are quite a few states that you have to, you know, retake your exams and whatnot. Like I know Delaware is one of them. Florida, I think there's certain stipulations that you have to have. Um, but I know um, certain agencies only cover certain states as well. Um, but you, you have to be licensed in every single state that you plan to practice in. So like I'm licensed in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Virginia. So I keep my traveling to those areas, um, but, and each state is really different, but you do have to have an actual license in every state that you go to. Was that hard for you to do? Not really. I mean, a lot of it is just paperwork and paying them money. Um, okay. Some of them have like jurisprudence exams that you have to follow um, and fill and, and do. Um, some of them like want to know exactly what job you did for the last however many years. Um, some of them have certain CE requirements that you have to do. So you really have to look at what the requirements are, but most of it's just paperwork and then sending them a check, really. <laughs> yeah, when I was reading about the one where you have, you can go from like different states, um, 
it, it was saying that they would re the company would reimburse you for getting your license in whatever state you needed to get it in, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. So it makes it a little a little bit easier. You know, if you were to have to take like a retake a clinical exam or a written exam, that that would be a little bit more challenging. Which, yeah, for sure. Which hopefully in the future, you know, we get some change in that way and we can go from state to state with hygiene. I mean, we still have a while until that happens, but I know. Oh, yeah. But it would be nice to see some reciprocacy at some point. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that there's a lot of hygienists that would like to move, but don't just because of that. Oh, yeah. I've talked to a lot of people that are like, I really want to move, but I heard getting your license here is really difficult or I heard you getting your license there is really difficult. So, you know... I mean, that's, that's, and then keeping up with all of them, because you never know if you might want to go back to those areas. And let me tell you, just from experience, losing your license and not losing it, but not renewing your license and not like inactivating it or anything like that, trying to get it reinstated is like double the paperwork and double the amount of money that you have to spend. Wow. Yeah. I could only imagine. I have my RDA license and I need to do that with that. I don't know if I'll ever use it again, but it's just, you know, just taking the time to inactivate it is probably the smartest idea rather than just leaving it. I don't know. Absolutely. It absolutely (laughs) is smarter to inactivate your license and just every year that it comes up for renewal, just keep it inactive. I think you only pay like half the fee, Mm -hmm. but at least then you don't have to reinstate your license, like I said, which is double the amount of work and double the amount of money. <laughs> yeah. What are some things that you liked about um, or that you like about like temp hygienists and traveling hygiene? I really like the freedom to be able to pick and choose my own schedule. You know, I am a mom of two and, I, you know, I have a very supportive husband, but even with two, it's it's difficult to be able to figure out, you know, one's going to school, one's going to daycare, he's going this way, I'm going that way. So, you know, being able to pick and choose what days I want to work and what hours I want to work, I really like. And I also really like just being able to go to different offices, meet new people, you know, meet new hygienists, learn from them and learn from their experiences. And, you know, just being able to to have that freedom is what I really enjoy about traveling. Do you ever feel stressed like. I don't. And I say this to people a lot. Once you've tempt around enough, all the offices are really the same. You just kind of got to learn their little quirks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How they do this, how they do that. And you just learn to ask a lot of questions. And, you know, you ask enough questions, you look through enough drawers, they're pretty much all the same, you know? Yeah, I think for me, um, just temping is something that is stressful because I like having to, like you were saying, like just having to not knowing exactly like what their systems are but I can see if you were to temp for a while you would probably get used to it and I know that there are some hygienists who just absolutely love it yeah and and I'm one of them I absolutely love it I advocate for temping all the time I think especially for new grads it's a really great opportunity to you know find yourself a good office and not just settle for the first office that hires you you know, really look around and see which office is going to be the best fit for you. You know, burnout's a big buzzword right now. You hear about it all throughout dentistry. Well, I can tell you right now, the fastest way to burn yourself out is getting put in the wrong office the first time around and thinking there's no way out and yeah. thinking that all offices are like that. Yeah, I think for me, because I was an assistant for so long, I got my experience with like bad offices and mm-hmm. 
equipment and all of that before I was a hygienist. So once I became a hygienist, I knew what I was looking for. But I can see how if you're like a new grad, you don't have any dental experience. And then you just take like the first job that you get. And let's say it's like four to five days a week. And then you get in there and it's just bananas. Like Mm -hmm. I can see how you would get burnt out really quickly. So temping is a good way to to see what's out there because there are so many offices that are just completely different. And some of the doctors are going to be super nice and welcoming and others might be a little bit more quiet or shy. So it's definitely a good way to see the field. Yeah. To to see, you know, what, what, what different offices are like, you know, see what different doctors are like, see what working with different, you know, hygienists, assistants, you know, all of it. It's It's just a really great opportunity to spread your wings, you know? Yeah. And how many days do you typically work? So before I had my daughter, my second daughter, I used to work five days a week, Um, but I've recently cut back to four and I'm hoping, you know, by the end of next year to cut back to three. Do you feel like three is kind of your like happy place where you can like you love the job and love the work, but like you're not going to get burnt out? I feel like three is a good compromise, especially if you can find something that's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you have four day weekends. I mean, who wouldn't Mm -hmm. love that, you know? Yeah, that's true. I because I experienced like working five days um, every other week from January to April of this year. And I definitely felt burnt, burnt out within that amount of time. Yeah, I worked five days a week for about four years straight. And it was a lot. It was a lot, I will say. Yeah, it's, it's so challenging because you deal with so many like patients every day. And then plus you're just constantly going and going and going. Like if you, especially if you work at a busy office, you don't get like mm-hmm. too much time. So it gets hard really fast. That's why I'm big for advocating when I temp, I make sure that I have our appointments for all my appointments. Mm-hmm. That way I, you know, the most you're seeing is like eight patients a day and you get that little bit of time to, to have a break and give mm-hmm. yourself a little bit of a break, even if it's just five minutes to sit down and write your notes. You know, that's still five minutes that you get to decompress and kind of give yourself that time that you need to move on to your next patient. That's something that I would actually like to talk about because you do have so much experience. How do you feel about appointment times and what do you think is like enough per appointment? I truly believe that an hour for, you know, a regular everyday patient, even a perio maintenance that maybe doesn't need bite wings or anything is more than enough time to do what you need to do. Now, obviously, if you're adding to that appointment, you know, it's a pair of maintenance that needs a pano and bite wings or a full mouth series, then maybe you're going to need more time and you definitely need more time for a new patient. But I feel like an hour is definitely adequate amount of time to get done for a regular everyday patient, what you need to get done, period charting, bite wings, exam, everything. And it's really about time management. You really have to manage the clock. You know, I'm not saying rush through things, but there's steps. And I talk about this in um, one of my YouTube videos. Um, about conquering the one hour appointment. There's steps that you can take to help you to conquer that appointment that aren't cutting corners. And it's just simple things like calling for the doctor for the exam. As soon as you have all your diagnostic stuff out of the way, you know, your x-rays, your period charting, all that, you know, things like making sure your room's fully stocked or making sure you have a suction and, and, you know, air water syringe on hand so that you're not you know, stumbling around trying to find one or getting up and going to get it because you didn't have your room stocked. Like those are things that no, they don't take a lot of time, but it does take time out of your appointment that you could have been using spending somewhere else doing something else. 
Yeah. And it's definitely hard, especially when you're a new grad um, and you just get out there and all of a sudden you have these super short appointment times. But I feel like now that I've been practicing for a year and a half now, it's gotten much, much, much better. Um, But at first it was like, I was on the struggle bus. (laughs) And I think, and I think most grads are, and that's why, like I said, that's why I created that conquer the one hour appointment YouTube channel so that people can kind of listen and take notes a little bit because that's honestly what most grads tell me they struggle with is going from that four hours to that one hour. And it is, it is troublesome if you don't know what to do to take the steps to help you along the way. And what about um, scaling and route planning appointments? How do you feel about the appointment lengths for that? I think you should honestly have like an hour and a half for two quads. Mm-hmm. That gives you time to, you know, Cause you should be checking yourself to make sure you got everything. So you at least want to take a bite wing, maybe two to make sure you got everything. You want to be checking your perio pockets, make sure, you know, you know, if for some reason they didn't perio chore, you want to make sure that's done. You know what I mean? Like, and especially when you're temping, you know, you come into all these things. So you really have to kind of navigate that. But I definitely think for at least for two quads and especially if maybe you don't, maybe you're in a state where you can't anesthetize yourself. So you're waiting for the doctor then you're definitely going to need that hour and a half because you never know how long it'll take to get the doctor to come into anesthetize. Thankfully in Pennsylvania, I have my anesthesia license. So that definitely cuts back a little bit of the time that I need because I can anesthetize my patient myself. Yeah. Do you have like a chance to, when you are temping, do you have a chance to tell them like what you request as far as appointment links or how does that work? They, I mean, most office, I haven't yet to really come into a situation where it was a a crazy amount of time that I was given. And if it is, it's, it's usually assisted hygiene and I don't, I don't like assisted hygiene. So I don't, I decline this position to be honest. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of assisted hygiene. I feel like it's too, it's just too much for me. I like to be able to engage with my patients and not just sit there and scale and then move on to the next one and sit there and scale and move on to the next one. I like the opportunity to be able to take the x-rays and see what I'm looking at and see, you know what I mean? Check out the bone levels, all that fun stuff. And I feel like you don't really get to do that. And you don't get to build that relationship with the patient if you're doing it assisted hygiene and you're just going in and scaling and then leaving. Yeah. I worked a temp job that was assisted hygiene and, I wasn't a fan either, just because I, I feel like it goes by so fast too. You're just mm-hmm. like out of the room that like you almost like forget like immediately, you know, because you're just on to like the next one and you don't have a chance to like for me, I write really detailed notes when the doctor's doing the exam. I'm taking my notes at the same time just to make sure like I get everything and I like to like touch all my bases. So to me, it's just a weird thought of like cleaning and then leaving and maybe the doctor's going to come do the exam when I'm not there. I don't know. I'm just used to doing the exam and being right there. I agree. And I feel like it you can't get information relayed properly. Like, yeah, you can write on a sticky note, but it's like, sometimes you need a little bit more explanation than to give to the doctor and just to give them a general rundown of what you did, what you saw, you know what I mean? Like, and that can't always relay just through a sticky note that you handed to the assistant that's now going to give it to the doctor. And then I do feel like there could definitely be some discrepancy in notes because you both weren't there to be there for the exam versus the clean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it never fails. 
that <laughs> you clean them up real nice and then the doctor rolls in and says oh your home care is great and you're like no I just worked really hard to make his home care look great yeah you're like no that was the wrong that's the wrong thing I know that that's so frustrating um when we take all that time to do that and then that happens I'm like no don't tell him it looks good just tell him you don't have any cavities <laughs> exactly leave that to me <laughs> yeah I'm like please leave that to me but um yeah I like to be able to be there for the exam and um also sometimes you know the doctors might bring up something brief like let's say they say oh you're it looks like you're clenching and grinding like you have this recession yada 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 and they tell them that and then the doctor leaves but then sometimes you know there's times where the patient doesn't know or didn't understand what recession is so then doctor leaves and then they say what what does the doctor mean by gum recession like what is that and then that's when I will like take the time to hand them explain yeah and actually like show it to them so feel like with assisted hygiene you don't really get that time yeah. And, and, you know, with the assistant that's helping, they're not, you know, they're not hygienists. So they may not know what recession is either. They may not know how to explain it to a patient. And if you're not there to help them and, and to explain it to them, they may not be getting the correct information or they may just not be getting any information at all. And then you're kind of just sending them off without that. Yeah. Just to like for figure it out, I guess. But yeah, yeah, pretty much so. Do you work with a actual like temping company or do you find your jobs like on your own? What, how do you go about finding your temping jobs? So I actually own my own agency myself. Oh, so okay. I temp through my agency. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Do you also find jobs for, so I'm assuming you're, are you the one that's finding the jobs for like other hygienists as well? Yes. Yep. So I do, I do all of it. I help other hygienists find their positions. I help pretty much what I do is, you know, I'm not like a lot of other agencies, you know, I like to go in to the offices first to make sure that they're, you know, good offices to work for, that there's somewhere that I would want my hygienist to go. If for some reason I can't meet the office first, I like to send in one of my veteran temps that will, you know, give me feedback to make sure it's a good office to continue sending people to. So that, and I, I like to keep my skin in the game. I like to be able to be there and understand what everyone's going through and not just you know, sit behind and place everybody, I want to be able to be there to, you know, figure out what these temps are saying and what they're talking about and, and be able to give advice and, and information that is needed. Wow, that's really cool. Do you also like, is how is the pay in those states? Like, is it the same throughout or should? No, there's a very large difference between even in Pennsylvania, you know, Pennsylvania is a pretty big state. There's a big difference from where I live to Philadelphia to Pittsburgh to up north. And then there's a big difference from Virginia pay to Pennsylvania pay to even just crossing the border into Maryland, the pay is different. Wow. And do hygienists typically get paid more for temping over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Typically, you'll, you'll, you got to look at it this way. As a temp hygienist, you're not necessarily getting benefits and you're also being on call. You're, you're leaving yourself to that opportunity to potentially be called that day, that morning. So these doctors, they're paying for the convenience of you being on call for them at last minute's note, or, you know, maybe it is a long-term assignment, but at the end of the day, you're not, you know, attempts always going to be paid more than a regular employee would be one mm-hmm. for the convenience and two for the fact that they're not getting health insurance. They're not getting paid vacation. They're not getting paid holidays. They're not getting C reimbursements. Like you're kind of responsible for all that, but it's one of those things where it's, is that important to you or is making more money important to you? Is the freedom more important to you? Cause I would much rather, 
you know, just not book myself for a week, then have to ask a doctor if I can have a week off or mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, I'm of seniority so I can get the week off that I want off. No, I just don't book myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know here in San Diego, a lot of um, temp hygienists will typically make like around $5 more. I mean, I don't know if this is still the same since like inflation and everything, but I know that that's typically how it works. You know, if anybody's like wondering about how much they should be asking for as far as like being a temp hygienist, I feel like that's usually a good ball range like here in California. Um, not sure if that's the same over there. It's about the same. I would say anywhere from five to $10, depending upon, you know, are you working the day after a holiday? You know, sometimes I would tell hygienists to ask a little bit more because you're in more demand because it's the day after a holiday. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, I, and that's one thing that I do for my temps is I help negotiate their pay. So uh -huh. kind of one of the benefits of going through an agency is you don't have to do that. Or, you, you know, you have someone that can kind of advocate for you because that's always like a big thing, especially when you're younger, maybe you're not as seasoned as a hygienist, maybe you're not confident enough to, you know, talk to doctors and ask them those things. But, you know, that's my job is to make sure that I'm getting my temps the best pay possible and making sure that they're in a good working environment and that they're, you know, content with where they're at and they they're wanting to go back. Yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. Exactly. And it makes the process of temping easier. It makes it more enjoyable for you if you're going to offices that are offices that you're happy to return to. What are some of the things that like you bring with you um, to your temping jobs? Like for if hygienist wondering like what she should take with her like or him as far as like, I don't know, sometimes I know that they wonder if they should bring their own instruments and things like that. Um, so I always bring my loops. Um, regardless of whether they have an overhead light or not. I actually had to buy a light for my loops because I was running into a, a point where a lot of offices are doing away with the overhead lights uh, and they're only doing like you, the lights on their loops. So I did have to invest in that. Not a big deal. I actually really enjoy it better than the overhead light. Mm -hmm. um, so I do bring my own loops. I bring my own saddle chair and that's just for ergonomic purposes. You know, I want to make sure that I prolong my body as much as possible in this career and you know how important ergonomics are. So I bring my own chair just so that I know I'm going to have something awesome to sit on and it's not going to be killing my back by the end of the day. And I also bring my own scrub jacket. Some will give me one, but I keep a spare one in my car just in case, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then I use their smocks cause I don't want to wash them. So <laughs> I just yeah. use theirs and then, you know, swap them out. Um, I do bring my own scrubs and my own scrub cap. Once again, you know, it's not like you're going to be back there for them to wash. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I just have like little, like a little personal hygiene kit that I keep with me in case I ever like have a headache or whatever. Um, you know, now I'm pumping because I just, I have a four, year, a four month old. So I have to bring all that stuff. So people kind of laugh at me at how much stuff I bring, but it's one of those things where it's like, I want to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I want to make sure that I have the equipment that I need. I have friends that bring their own instruments. They bring their own cabotrons. I don't do all that. I do bring a set of Montana jacks. Like I have like four in my bag just in case I go to an office that doesn't have good instruments. But honestly, I've yet to really come by that because of the fact that I really vet the offices to make sure that they have good equipment because mm -hmm. I don't want to send a temp into somewhere that I wouldn't be comfortable going into. And I definitely wouldn't be comfortable going into an office that doesn't have decent instruments for me to do my job. Yeah. I like, I like that you're, um, you bring just those, what, what was it? The Montana Jacks? The Montana Jacks, yeah. I swear I could scale a whole mouth with that. <laughs> I know. I love those too. They're so good. Um, with your chair that you bring with you, is that something like what chair are you using and how does it fit in your car? Um, so it takes up a good portion of my trunk, but I just leave it in the trunk of my car because I kind of have like a commuter car that I use for my assignments. 
Uh-huh. So it's really just like my work car. Um, so it's not that big of a deal, but it doesn't compact or anything like that. But I just throw it over my shoulder and I go about <laughs> my day because at the end of the day, if I'm not having a back that hurts me at the end of the day, then lugging around my chair to me is not that big of a deal. And honestly, I found mine off of Amazon for like 50 bucks um, that a girlfriend had recommended to me. And I love it. It's perfect for me. But I will say that saddle stools are very, um, you should really be fitted for one or at least try one out before you invest in like a really expensive one. Cause I know they have like um, crown seating and things like that. And maybe sometime in the future, I might get one, but for right now, my little $50 one's working pretty good for me. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. So I'll have to have you send me the link and then that way I can put it in the description box because I've uh, I've been hearing like a few uh, hygienists tell me that like the one that they got off of Amazon is is perfect. Yeah, I'll see if I can find the link and I'll give it to you because uh, like I said, a girlfriend of mine that I worked with, she was like, you have to try this chair and I tried it out and I was like, I love it. Where'd you get it from? She's like, Amazon. I was like, sweet. Yeah, because that's one of the things that I struggled to um, struggled with, because when I was temping, like I would go to some of these offices and then they would have like, for me, I'm tall, I'm five eight, So a lot of the I cha- am too. a lot of the chairs don't go high enough. Nope. And I and then I end up at the end of the day, like my hips hurt. So mm-hmm. that was always like a stress for me too. was thinking about like, what kind of chair are they going to have? Am I going to be able to even like some of them like the wheels don't even scoop? Like, no. And some of them, you feel like you're sitting on the floor because they don't go up high enough. Yeah. So that's good to know. And I think that definitely most hygienists will appreciate being able to have their own chair and just know that they don't have to worry about that. Exactly. Yep. And that's why I bring it. Like I said, yeah, it's cumbersome. And people laugh at me like, oh, she comes with her chair. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm comfortable. So and my my back doesn't hurt by the end of the day. So I, I don't you can laugh all you want, but I don't care. Yeah, if I ever do temping uh, hygiene, I'm definitely going to bring my own chair. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. And I think all hygienists will appreciate being able to hear some information about temping hygiene and traveling hygiene. So um, if you can give everybody your information and where they can find you, I think that they will be happy to look you up and follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I can be found either on Facebook or Instagram um, at the traveling RDH. Um, There's a couple of us, but you'll, you'll, you'll see my picture. <laughs> um, and then also, um, a street to see. And then I also have our website, www.coredentalstaffing.com and core dental staffing is on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So we're kind of on all social media platforms. Um, so, I mean, happy to answer any questions, happy to be there. If anybody's looking to temp in the, you know, PA Maryland or Virginia area, happy to help find assignments. Or if you're looking for permanent placement, we do service the whole U S And we're happy to help place people in in really great offices. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for everybody listening. I think for new grads, temping is definitely one way to get out into the field and see all the different types of offices that are out there. So if you're interested, you can follow Estrita and ask her any questions that you may have. And until next time, thank you so much, Estrita, for being on this episode. I think everybody's going to love hearing it. Yes. And thank you so much for happy having me. It's so nice to finally talk with you in person. Well, not person, but (laughs) at least talk with you. (laughs) Thank you so much. We'll talk soon. Yep. You too. (laughs) Bye-bye.